I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 29, Dynasty Debates, right here, back again. I am your humble host, Evan Brown, as always, the humblest host, some say, and you can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or drop us an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. We have officially dove in to building the big board the rookie breakdown rookie fever season hope you enjoyed yesterday's with garrett price we are back again today more garrett what's not to love covering two more prospects and yeah it's exciting it's good times hopefully you're enjoying this new shorter format easily digestible episodes we're going to be coming at you multiple times a week covering some running backs covering more running backs next week and we'll just see how long we need to cover running backs for because let's be honest running backs are some of the most fun prospects to break down quick side note um just so we're not too jargony when we are discussing prospects especially running back prospects we might from time to time um, mention zone or power gap blocking schemes so basically blocking schemes is simply just referring to the way the offensive line is blocking for the running back so a zone scheme would be all of the offensive line working in unison moving to the left or to the right and blocking in a zone so they're trying to get the defensive linemen big guys on the defensive line up and moving laterally because they're not that good at that or at least they're not as good as moving forward and backwards and creating little holes or gaps for the running back to run through so that's called a zone scheme whereas a gap blocking power blocking is more just straightforward big hog mollies in the trenches trying to make some headway going forward focusing on maybe some double teams and pulling a guard from the weak side or a tight end as well to kind of force a wedge through the defensive line to try and open up some running lanes so again don't want to get too technical but just so if you hear us say zone blocking or or gap blocking that's what we're referring to but without any further ado on with the show something is wrong with you i got a fever Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. Now we are talking a an exciting running back, but someone who might be fairly divisive. I didn't realize that there are some fairly strong opinions about this running back out there, but I am going to let Garrett bring his wisdom and tell us what there is to love and what there is to maybe be concerned about with Kenneth Walker third. Now, First and foremost, any player who has a the third on his name gets an immediate boost in the rankings for the drip factor. I love it. <laughs> he played this year for Michigan State, the Spartans. He was a junior. He was 21 years old. Now, interestingly enough, Kenneth Walker has a very winding path to the NFL draft. He spent the first two years at Wake Forest before transferring to Michigan as a junior. Um, he was only a three-star recruit from Arlington High School in Arlington, Tennessee. Now, he was very productive in high school, but for whatever reason, he was not highly recruited, highly sought after. So that's one of the reasons why he went to Wake Forest. It was his only sort of power five offer 
on the table. So he went there, um, did well in his first two years, but certainly was not turning heads and catching the attention that he wanted to. He sort of felt that maybe um, their scheme, their style of play was limiting him. And so he bet on himself, went into the transfer portal, transferred over to Michigan State and absolutely balled out this year, threw himself into the um, at least the RB1 conversation um, and certainly well-deserved. So in two years at Wake Forest, he had 217 attempts for 1,158 yards which is 5.3 yards per carry for those of you who care 17 touchdowns six receptions for 47 yards 7.8 yards per reception and zero touchdowns but listen to this one year at michigan state he managed 264 attempts for 1646 yards so 6.2 yards per carry and 18 touchdowns he also had 13 receptions for 89 yards 6.8 yards per reception and one touchdown on top of all that, he um, he was a consensus first-team All-American and finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting, the highest finish for a Spartan since 1988. So it just shows you how big of an impact he had on that team, how big of an impact he had on the national stage. And an interesting nug that you may not know, he holds the record for the longest touchdown run at both Wake Forest and Michigan State. So I have vamped for you. I'm going to throw it over to the RB whisperer himself, Garrett Price. What do you think of Kenneth Walker? the third Kenneth Walker's and he's a tough eval for me he is one of the most electric one of the most exciting one of the most fun to watch prospects in this class uh there are things that he can do at times where you, you just drop your jaw I, I think his elusiveness his his quickness and like in a phone booth, making guys miss in a phone booth kind of thing where it's a small area, but yet he's still able to make defenders miss. He has great control over his lower half, uh, which is really, really important. Uh, I've heard of people talking about him having excellent vision. I don't think that's the case. I think it's pretty average, uh, maybe a hair above average, but I don't think he's necessarily special in that area. Oddly, he wasn't really used in the passing game. Uh, it's, it's, I don't think it's something that he can't do. I just think it's something that he wasn't really asked to do much of uh, at the at the college level. So it'll be interesting to see who drafts him, how they end up deploying him. Uh, another player, this was kind of the player I was referring to, where I think he has more power in his game than he has shown. Uh, but overall, I have a pretty low power physicality grade for Kenneth Walker. Uh, I think sometimes he relies on his elusiveness, maybe a hair too much. And so I would like to see him use that, that potential physicality that he has, maybe just a hair more than he has so far. But he's a very good prospect, but I don't think he is an elite prospect. And kind of to display that, he is technically currently my RB3. Uh, but the percentage points difference between him and my RB8 is minuscule. Uh, I'm talking like less than a half a point between him and, you know, the guys that I have at RB eight, which currently, or maybe that's even RB nine, somewhere around there, uh, which is, which is Rashad white. So there's not a huge difference for me in this class. So yes, I think he's better than some of those guys, but I don't think it's by a huge jump. I think, you know, I'm glad you said that because there's something I was going to ask you and you've reminded me here. One thing I feel very strongly about in this class, and it sounds like a cop-out, but I genuinely mean it, is that after the first two, maybe three running backs, 
there's a big pool of like uh, about a mile wide, but an inch deep for lack of a better term that for sure. me personally is really going to depend on landing spot and way. I just mean there's no, things to saying. like about all of these guys, but there's also big holes or big concerns in all of them. So if Kenneth Walker, the third ends up in Miami with second round capital, I'm all about it and I'm super excited. But if he goes to Chicago with sixth round draft capital, I'm not as excited and I'm not going right. to be, you know, jumping, jumping over hoops to like, you know, jumping through hoops to get him on my team. I mean, a couple of things just to kind of back up what you were saying, what I really liked about him. I mean, he has such an amazing, I don't know if you feel the same. I love his, his cut. He has such a razor sharp cut. Mm-hmm. Like even in, it feels like when he's in the secondary and he's running almost full speed, he just all of a sudden has this one, just stabs his foot in the ground and just springs to the side and it's like insane i love it it's one of my favorite things about him and i also really like um i I really like that the best way i can describe it is he doesn't there's not a lot of wasted motion when he's evading tacklers at least in the second level he doesn't start dancing around and he doesn't do all these like crazy spin moves as much it's like he kind of like moves his head and kind of just he shifts their balance a little bit and then he springs to the side. And I like that about him. I like that. There's not a lot of wasted motion. Um, he does try and he really does seem to try and rely on his burst and his, his sort of like athleticism and his just his, his, his speed, I suppose, um, to get to the edge at times and, and to really try and, and make things happen. So again, I, I totally agree with you that there's a lot of things that I like about him. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely concerns, especially from a fantasy perspective, obviously the pass catching has to be a concern. I mean, he only caught, I think it was like, what did I say? Six passes in two years at Wake Forest or something crazy. Sure. Like it's not and even good. this year. It was only 13. It's not like it was. Yeah. A lie. And especially when he was beasting it, he only caught 13 passes. Now to his credit, there was a couple of passes. Cause I specifically looked out for them where I thought he looked natural enough catching the ball. I didn't think it was a deficiency or something. I was like, Oh my goodness, don't throw him the ball. He's not Jordan Howard 2.0 or anything, but sure. I, I certainly has to be a red flag. It has to be something that, you know, we both know that you're going to make your money with your pass catching in, in the um, fantasy game. So definitely something that we have to be a little bit concerned about because in an ideal scenario, he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be like the main back and that's how he's going to make a lot of it. I mean, he could be like an Elijah Mitchell where he's not catching a lot of passes, but he's in a really, um, you know, really just amazing system. So again, that was why I was like, Hey, if he went to Miami, that'd be great with Mike McDaniel, hopefully incorporating that sort of, Kyle Shanahan run game, somebody like Kenneth Walker, even if he's not catching a lot of passes could be really valuable for fantasy. But again, if he goes somewhere and he's just, you know, mixed in with an, uh, an already established pass catching back, it could really hurt his fantasy value. And as much as we like the skill, he could just be like a low end RB two, high end RB three or something like that. Uh, At least that's how I see it. But again, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't give him a particularly high grade for power. Um, I gave him a pretty poor grade for blocking. I don't know how you feel about this. I felt like blocking was a, a real deficiency in his game. Um, I, I felt like he did a yeah. lot of low cut blocking on people and just almost like got in their way more than blocked them. <laughs> um, so, so it's so far he actually has the lowest uh, pass protection grade for me. Okay, I feel better now. I feel like I'm not just seeing things. I didn't want to be harsh on nope. him, but it's no, something he has that- the lowest one. It's close, but he has the lowest one for me so far. Yeah. So, and, and that's important. You know, I know that people like to not talk about it and it's not a sexy thing to talk about when we're talking prospects and running backs, but it really does matter. And especially if you're looking at two prospects fairly close together and you look for things that are differentiating them. Um, and especially for NFL coaches, I mean, they want guys protecting the quarterback and that will help you right. stay on. The, if you can't pass 
block and you can't catch passes, it's not looking great if you're going to be on there for third downs. You know, so so we want sure. him on there for third downs. So we certainly want him to be working on that element of his game. Um, for me, I think we've kind of already touched on it. Again, it'll be. I love him. I, it's weird because in my film score, Kyron Williams is actually slightly ahead of him um, for my RB3. But in my rankings at the moment, Walker is slightly ahead of Kyron Williams <laughs> because I feel uh, like I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Those are the two that I keep going back and forth on, and I'm I'm this close to moving Kyron ahead of him. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan. Of I, I exactly, and we'll talk about Kyron in a minute here because um, for me, I feel like if both of them hit their ceiling. Walker has a higher ceiling, but I feel like Kyron has a much safer floor and a much, yeah. uh, and I can really see so many different ways that he can get to his ceiling. <laughs> Whereas Walker, sure. it's like a little bit of a, a, you know, a fine line that you really need a couple things to fall into place. You need some a team to fall in love with him. You need him to have a fairly open backfield um, and to really get some, some chances there and hopefully to get a chance to prove himself as a pass catcher. Um, but yeah, for me, Again, things can change through the combine and through the you know draft process. But as it stands at the moment, um, you know, I would say for me, the draft, you know, rookie draft grade, I would be in a one QB league. I'm looking at probably more like a mid first at best um, for Walker, maybe even a later first. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm I'm about the same range there for Walker right now. I have him, uh, like I said, right flirting on that running back three, running back four range. And with with the depth kind of at the the first five or six receivers, I think there's a lot of guys there that I would rather take than my running back three or four in this class. So, yeah, I'm looking at that kind of mid to late. We're talking eight, nine range is kind of where I'd be looking to get him. Love it. Love it. So moving on, then we've kind of foreshadowed this really nicely. It's my turn up at bat here. And um, I'm loving how I'm loving that me and Garrett are agreeing so far. I mean, maybe not great radio, you know, maybe we should have some more fisticuffs, but <laughs> I feel good about it because Garrett's one of my favorite guys in the space. And so if he's agreeing with my takes, then they can't be that bad. That's the way I look. There you it. go. <laughs> so we are going to be diving into Kyron Williams. Very intriguing prospect to me. Um, he comes out of Notre Dame. He is a fighting Irishman, a junior as well. A lot of junior running backs, 21 years old. He was a four-star recruit out of St. John Vianney, St. Louis, Missouri, or St. Louis, Missouri, depending on who you ask. Um, he is somewhere in the region of 5'9", 199, 5'10", 200, somewhere around there. So we'll get some specifics once the combine hits, but he's around 5'9", 5'10", and about 200 pounds. So the build isn't too much of a concern. Could be a little bit you know, have a little bit more weight on him, but I'm not overly concerned. Um, now, interestingly, so he did win multiple awards at Notre Dame, including honor rules for scholastic achievements. So he seems like a really smart guy, really switched on guy, a really great character, no issues, no concerns there. Um, in three seasons at Notre Dame, he had 419 attempts for 2,153 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, and 27 touchdowns. He also had 78 receptions for 675 yards, 8.7 yards per reception, and four touchdowns. Now, he only had four carries his freshman year, so really around – you know, 98% of his production came in his second, you know, his sophomore and junior year. So, um, you know, it, it also, he also did work as a punt returner in 2021, which again, just heightens his, his intrigue and his interest level from an NFL perspective, because it shows that he can be used in a multiple, a variety of ways. He can be used on special teams. Um, and interestingly enough, again, just to compare and contrast sort of like what, who was the, the incumbent, the last sort of uh, lead dog before, before Kyron was Tony Jones Jr., 
Um, and his last season was 2019. So in 12 games, he had 144 attempts for 857 yards, seven touchdowns with 15 receptions for 104 yards and one touchdown. Kyron's 2021 season, so his final season in Notre Dame, he had 12 games as well. So we're comparing apples to apples here. 204 attempts for 1,002 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 42 receptions for 359 yards and three touchdowns. So as you can see, again, not it doesn't mean everything, but it's interesting to note that obviously he had a little bit more work. He was a little bit more efficient. He managed to have better production. So those, that's sort of the background of where we're coming from with Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Now, as far as the actual game, like the film and studying it and my thoughts on him, I think he's probably like the most pro-ready polished back in the in this draft class now he doesn't he's not as um you know as excellent and as a as exciting of a back necessarily and he doesn't have the tools necessarily to be um a lead back the way that Brees hall does and that's why Brees hall is the 101 but to me kyron williams he is very very polished very very well rounded for example we just talked about how bad um you know, Kenneth Walker's pass protection is at the moment. He, you know, Kyron Williams is very solid in his pass protection, um, at least from the films that I, the film that I watched. Um, he, he has, so the interestingly thing is he's a very patient runner. He's a good blocker. So even when other uh, running backs or other wide receivers are getting involved, he's very willing to go and throw his body in there and, and, and set a good block and help people out. He's a very much a team player. Um, He's very smooth as well. Some of the, sometimes you watch a running back and it's very herky jerky and stop start and you kind of like he just he's just very smooth when you're watching him. He has a nice sidestep jump cut. He's a very I would what I would qualify as like a smart runner. You just watch him and you're like he seems like a smart. He knows what's happening. He's waiting for something to happen. He's waiting for a hole to open up. Um, he does seem to be able to generally make the first defender miss. So he does have some elusiveness, um, some ability to kind of shake and bake. Um, he does have some really good vision as well. I feel like he has really solid vision. Now, unfortunately he does have a lack of elite athleticism. And that's one of the things that I think holds him back from being sort of in the conversation as the one Oh one or even the one Oh two. He just doesn't have that. Um, at least in my opinion, in my film breakdown, he doesn't have that elite athleticism. Um, you know, he does have a nice spin move. He does have some tricks in it up his sleeve. Um, and from what I saw again, Garrett can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he fit, his best runs and the most impressive uh, runs and stuff that I saw from him was, was utilizing sort of gap or, um, you know, power blocking schemes, not necessarily a zone runner. Um, so, and I, but I think he is quite a quick processor because there's a lot of times you can see him change direction quickly um, in regards to what's happening at the line and, and things like that. So there's an awful lot to like about him. Um, again, some of the knocks just being, unfortunately his lack of elite athleticism, his build is solid, but again, it's not a bruising back. He's not somebody who's necessarily going to be able to hold up if you're giving him 300 carries a season you know, as the lead back. Um, very much could profile as sort of a James White or even a Michael Carter sort of a character at the next level, I would say. Um, but those are sort of my main takeaways from the film study. Um, Garrett, would you mind just jumping in there and you know, obviously throwing in anything I've missed or even correcting me if I'm wrong in some of my takes there? What are your thoughts on Kyron Williams? No, you're right. We, we, we've tended to agree quite a bit so far. So, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've been pretty much in lockstep here, but I, I really do like Kyron Williams and I have a feeling that when it's all said and done, he will end up as my RB three, two things that I think he does just particularly well. One, he is, he's excellent in the receiving game. 
yes, there were a few drops here and there, but we're talking about a player that you could line up as a slot receiver. And I think he would win still as a slot receiver. And, and that's, that's really important in today's game. You need to have running backs that you can throw the football to, but when you pair that with how incredible he is at pass blocking, we're not talking about a big running back. Like I think best case scenario is weighing in at two Oh five at the combine. Like we're not talking about a big guy, but all of that said, he is arguably the best pass blocker. I have one guy that's a slightly better at pass protection, um, but it's really, really split in hairs. But he's not doing it at 215, 220 pounds in a six-foot frame. He's doing this at – he's. I think he's listed at 5'11". I'm guessing he's going to come in closer more to 5'9 or so. Uh, and, and like I said, best-case scenario, probably 205, but more likely around 200 pounds. So – he shouldn't be able to pass block that well like that that doesn't make sense typically with how these things work so when you pair that that receiving ability with the pass protecting ability i think that's what particularly is going to set him apart and make him a very very valuable resource for an nfl team and we know that there are plenty of players that have feasted off of simply just catching the ball you know, so even if he only is on a team where he gets 500 rushing yards a season, but he gets 750 receiving yards, that's very, very interesting from a fantasy football perspective. And this was the guy that I thought comped a little bit closer to Austin Eckler. Um, Eckler, I do believe, is slightly more bursty uh, than than Kyron Williams is, uh, but I could see a very, very similar role for an NFL running back. Uh, like Kyron Williams, where he could get, you know, eight, 10 carries a game, but he's also getting six, seven, eight targets per game too. And that's really valuable. Absolutely. Love this. Love it. Um, it's like me and me and Garrett are twinning here and I'm here for it. Um, here we so go. We absolutely agree with everything you said there. I think, you know, pass catching, he's great. And that is, like you said, that is, that is money when it comes to fantasy football. And again, I, put in my notes there i was just incredible how good he was at pass protection for not that big of a dude he's just got really good technique and he's really willing to and then that's what i said is even when it's not just pass protection he's a willing blocker so if someone else did get a carry or if one of the other wide receivers he would get in there and find a way to contribute to the i just see so many so many ways that he can contribute to an nfl team i find it very hard to imagine that you know there's not going to be a fairly decent amount of draft capital invested in him by an NFL team. Um, and he's going to be fairly usable. So yeah, for me, as far as my rookie draft grade, um, again, we will need to see where he goes in the draft and what the situation is, but I, I would probably feel pretty comfortable with like a late, late first, definitely any second um, uh, in a one QB league. Because like you said, there are some really interesting wide receivers that I like, and there's a couple of running backs probably ahead of him. But in a one QB league, I, I would say a very late first, I could, I could be convinced that if he gets a good landing spot, but where, where are you at with him, Garrett? Similar spots to Kenneth Walker. So anything after about one eight, I'm totally fine taking him. Love it. Love it. Now we are. Um, so that's that's round two. Then we've got through here. And so far, I would say we're pretty much on the same page, which, mm-hmm. again, is good for me. Not sure what that says for Garrett. He might be a bit worried. He <laughs> might want to go back and check his notes again. There you have it. Another episode of Building the Big Board in the bag. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. Apologies that me and Garrett agreed so much, but... I don't really apologize either because I love Garrett and Garrett is a great, great dude. 
If you don't already follow him, go follow him on Twitter at Dynasty Price. Check him out on the Dynasty Nerds podcast every week. And stay with us because another episode with Garrett is coming up very soon. No spoilers, but it's going to be awesome. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate